Hey everyone, Jack here with Survivor and other things. Uh, coming at you with my season 38 premiere recap. Uh, we got to see the first hour of Survivor Edge of Extinction and I'm really excited to uh, dive into a whole lot of stuff that we saw on the episode. Um, as you might have known if you listened to my uh, my preseason podcast, I uh, was not very high on the season coming in. I, I was a little bit worried about the twist, but I, I was impressed by the premiere. I thought it was really good. Um, and, and I'm excited to see kind of where we go with it. I thought that they did a really good job of uh, presenting the Edge of Extinction and presenting Extinction Island, whatever it's called. Um, and uh, I thought that the uh, the balance of seeing some of the characters versus the returnees was also done in a really tactful way. So uh, looking forward to diving uh, diving right in here, right after a message from this sponsor. So if you have not seen the season 38 premiere yet, I uh, highly recommend that you uh, turn this off and come back and listen to it when you have. But um, we, of course, see uh, Reem Daly go out of the game, the first person to make their way to uh, Edge of Extinction Island. Um, and I don't think that we'll see anybody in this season actually choose the route of, of not being in the game. I mean... I, I can't think of anybody in the cast that would actually do that. Um, that would piss me off to no end <laughs> as somebody who's been trying to get on the show. Uh, any chance that you have to stay in the game and uh, just to stay on TV, you should take it. So I don't think that we'll see anybody actually leave the game. But to Reem's credit, she does take the bait. She does go to Extinction Island. It does look miserable. It does look horrible. Um, but we have a lot to talk about before we get to uh, the tribal council and before we get to Reem's downfall um, and everything that's going on with the Manu tribe. So um, wanted to start off by hitting on the marooning really quick um, and just my overall kind of sentiment when it came to opening the game. Uh, Jeff did not tell them about the twist. We all knew that going in, that the survivors would not know about it. I think that that is going to add a really interesting element um, coming off of you know different seasons that we have like uh, that include some type of island that they go to, whether it's Exile Island or Redemption Island or whatever it might be, where we've Ghost Island, where we've had these these type of twists. Um, you know, not having the knowledge of Extinction Island being there uh, is definitely interesting, and uh, I, I am excited to talk about. Um, the awareness that Joe and that Gavin and that Eric had uh, about the Edge of Extinction theme once we get to talking about the uh, the Kama Beach and uh, some other things there, seeing if maybe any of the other castaways are um, are picking up on that. But uh, the mooning was, was really interesting. You know, we bring up the four returning players and Jeff kind of gives a little spiel about, um, you know, how Joe and Kelly are these amazing, uh, you know, both uh, physical and social players and they both are, you know, Kelly's the underdog and Joe's the dominant one. And then talks about David's, uh, you know, character arc of being the scared guy. And same with Aubrey, where she, you know, got so close and couldn't couldn't achieve, uh, you know, the pinnacle. So uh, really interesting to see uh, kind of how awkward they all looked uh, listening to Jeff, like, talk them up. I, I, I mean, I would feel weird knowing that, like, hey, Jeff, thanks for putting a target directly on my back. If these people already didn't know who I was, now they really uh, are reminded of, of what I've done uh, on the opening scene. So glad that we didn't get a challenge. I was really worried when we all when we brought them onto the boat 
that we would get a challenge and like right off the bat, like we did in in, uh, in David versus Goliath. Uh, I think that really would have slowed down the premiere. So really happy that in the hour long premiere we did not get a challenge. Just the typical grab as much shit as you can, jump into the water and get going. Uh, of course, we see Ron grab the uh, the advantage, and um, from what I saw in some of the uh, some of the press about the premiere, uh, it seems like Ron said that uh, David and Kelly were both looking around for it too. I am absolutely shocked that nobody else was looking around for an advantage, but um, you know, we do get the advantage menu, uh, and I can provide my thoughts on that. Um, you know, the fact that it's, um, only available through the third tribal council for Ron to use. It's only valid through then. Um, I really doubt that I have trouble seeing how Kama will actually go to tribal council, um, as long as there's no swap. So, uh, I don't even know if Ron will need to use it unless it's the reward steal. Um, but, you know, I, I I think that it was an interesting idea of having a limit on an advantage. It is definitely one way to avoid the advantage get-in type situation. Um, we didn't have anybody else find an advantage or an idol or anything in the premiere, so I thought that, that was really, uh, really cool and different um, and definitely off the beaten path from the uh, the normal survivor premiere that we get where we see at least a couple of uh, idols found uh, like right off the bat so uh, like the idea that they're going with this if you only have three weeks to use it it will definitely limit the amount of advantages that will be in the game um, so you know a way to hit on that kind of problem that has been seen uh, in in seasons past so uh, the menu though don't really know if i like it uh, glad it wasn't the legacy advantage that's what I initially thought it would be, but, um, you know, the, the menu itself, I think is a little bit strange to have a choice of what you want to use. It's like a crazy amount of power, um, to have just in case you do end up in a, in a bad situation. But, um, you know, if Ron was to choose like the idol and didn't need to use it comes, you know, three tribals, it could very well serve as a nice fake idol. You'll have a, a note and everything, I assume. Um, and, you know, you can use that down the road for your advantage if you wanted to uh, to plant it as fake. So I thought that was really interesting. But after the marooning, we get off to uh, we get off to our initial camps. Um, and I'm, I'm going to talk through uh, the Kama tribe initially just because uh, we're going to talk a lot about Manu when it comes to tribal council. So uh, the Kama tribe here, we see uh, our two beloved returnees of Joe and Aubrey. And we see Joe immediately kind of uh, he has a confessional where he talks about how he wants to uh, turn off the Joey Amazing vibe. He doesn't want to be, um, you know, that guy right out of the gate. He kind of wants to lay a little bit lower um, than he has in previous seasons. And here we fucking go. Joey Amazing goes off and makes fire without Flint. Like, come on. It's not... It's nuts that this dude in three consecutive seasons, I believe in every season he's been on, he has made fire without Flint. Uh, just, in, you know... People go out boasting about how they got so good making fire without Flint. Like, go look at Joe, who's rubbing sticks together like it's 2001 in Borneo, and they're trying to figure out how to light a fire. Like, he, the guy is, is just insane. And he really did a great job at, uh, you know, turning down the Joey Amazing vibe, um, you know, in, in that first episode, the first couple of days. Um, I mean, obviously that's not true. Of course, Joe is going to be Joe. He can't hide who Joe is. That's that's just what he does on Survivor. Um, and we see Aubrey trying to get involved in 
getting to know people. She has a confessional of wanting to also lay low and uh, really connect on a social level with these people, um, not come off as a strategic threat because uh, she kind of perceives herself as maybe being uh, a potential target should they uh, should they be in a little bit of trouble. So, um, you know, very interesting to see how Aubrey um, was perceiving the way that things were going on at camp. Um, other things that were happening on the Comet Drive, really interesting to see how Joe and Gavin and Eric were talking about the Edge of Extinction theme. Like I mentioned earlier, I uh, thought that that was a really great pickup on Joe. I think a lot of people don't give him um, enough credit for being, um, you know, kind of thinking outside the box uh, you know, he's a really creative guy in his in his regular life. So not surprised that he would pick up on something like this. I wouldn't be surprised if other players had picked up on Edge of Extinction. What does that mean? Trying to think through all of the different scenarios. I'm sure somebody probably came up with some idea that maybe there's an island waiting for them. and We just haven't seen it yet. Um, but uh, really interesting to see how people are perceiving this theme because, you know, it's on their buff. It's on their tribe flag. Like, it doesn't seem like they've given them any less provisions. In fact, they provided them with a boat full of fruit and, and you know, all that stuff and tools and whatnot that you found on the marooning. So uh, I'm sure that everybody's kind of wondering what that theme is going to be and what it is revealed. I think that's going to be incredibly interesting. So, um, so yeah, really thought that that was cool um, how Joe and, and, and Eric were, uh, were identifying that. Speaking of Eric, uh, was was happily surprised about... Um, you know, the way that he came off in, in this episode um, was worried that he would be a little bit boring and he came out firing. I mean, he is all about, you know, trying to get rid of a returning player. And he's talking to Gavin, who is my, who was my preseason winner pick. And, and I really liked him in this episode. Uh, he and Gavin are trying to pull together uh, some sort of uh, some, you know, tr maybe they'll try to pull some sort of coalition together to uh, vote out Aubrey because they see Joe as a shield going into the merge. They need him for challenges. Um, and Aubrey is such a strategic threat that she would be the most likely uh, person to go. And I honestly would not be terribly surprised if we saw that happening. Um, we got, I, I got a question from, uh, one of my, uh, one of my good friends, Nicole and dedicated listeners about, um, about Aubrey's chances. Um, and, and Nicole asks, um, uh, Nicole asks if Kama doesn't win out because of Joe, uh, obviously is Aubrey actually at risk of going first from that tribe? Um, first, I'm not so sure. Um, I think that it would be, uh, you know, some of those survivor players would be remiss to target a, a, a returning player immediately. But honestly, we didn't really see enough from the Kama tribe to get, um, you know, kind of an idea of where some of the social relationships stand among, especially among the women. We didn't really see a whole lot from, uh, from Aurora or from Julia. Um, you know, we got one confessional from Julie and, uh, a little bit of content from Aubrey this episode, uh, but we we mainly got the majority of of, of what we were seeing from uh, from the guys. So, um, you know, I think that Aubrey is certainly in danger of going from uh, this tribe first, especially seeing that there is a seven to two majority of new players versus or of uh, yeah new players versus returning players. So, I could I can easily see a, a coalition of new players just coming together and, and saying. No, like it, that's that's not happening. We're this is our season, and you're you don't get the benefit of the doubt. 
So, I mean, we saw that with Gavin and Eric, and there was a little bit of foreshadowing that Ron and Aurora talking in the, um, you know, in the water about next episode or on the scenes from our next episode, talking about potentially going after Aubrey or the returning players as a whole. Um, so, yeah, I think that she could be in some serious danger should we, uh, you know, should we see the Comet Tribe go to Tribal Council. But like like Nicole uh, said in her question, that is if they don't win out because of Joe being on that tribe, his win record just keeps getting better with tribes that he is on and challenges that he wins. So um, I guess that's the that's the Comet Tribe as a whole. Um, you know, that's what I'm seeing when it comes to uh, to Aubrey and Joe, how they're fitting in. Um, and I'm really liking Gavin and Eric as a bond. Uh, I do think that it will be a little bit obvious and a little bit of like a power couple type of situation should they, uh, you know, take the reins in that tribe. Uh, you know, as long as they can keep Joe ahead of them as that shield, I think they'll be all right. Moving on to the Manu tribe. Of course, we see uh, you know, some of the factions starting to break out. We see the Reem, Keith, Wendy faction, uh, the everybody else faction. We see uh, Rick getting along with a lot of people. Uh, you know, Lauren and Kelly immediately get targeted as this uh, this duo. Um, and so, you know, we, we don't see a whole lot from Chris. Uh, and honestly, I'm blanking out on... Oh, and Wardog. How can I forget Wardog? Um, but, you know, we get this interesting aspect of David Wright on this tribe being really low-key, really under under the radar. Um, and out of all four of the returnees, I think David had a- absolutely the best episode. Um, he's absolutely in the best position. He's clearly seen as a strategic partner for War Dog in, that, in, in this episode. Um, and, you know, people are coming to him to talk to him, even if it's Reem with the machete, uh, you know, scaring the crap out of David, um, you know, they're going and he's the guy that they're talking to. Uh, whereas Kelly has already been brought up as a potential threat and, and as a potential target, um, for this group. So, um, you know, thought that it was really interesting how we just get, uh, you know, how easy it could be on those first three days, um, you know, for survivors just to say, Oh, look at those three swimming. They have, must have an alliance. They are the outcasts. Uh, you know, a six stay together alliance. Let's stay strong. Uh, the smallest thing can can just put a target on your back. And uh, want to bring in a voicemail from a good friend of mine, Colleen, um, and she kind of hits on this aspect as well. Of we see Reem uh, floundering and and uh, you know talking about the first three days um, being on the beach. Hey, Jack, it's Colleen Loftus from college. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on something that I noticed in the first episode. Um, We saw Reem on the tribe really rubbing people the wrong way, touching people's stuff on the beach, isolating herself with one or two other players. And I wanted your thoughts on, you know, the do's and don'ts of what you should know to do by now, having watched this show for so long, what you should know to do or not do on the first day. You know, I would think you don't want to draw attention to yourself, that you want to lay low and observe people's surroundings. But is it really possible for people not to see that by now? What do you think? So my do's and don'ts of what to do, what not to do on the first couple of days being out on Survivor, especially if you're a tribe, is the first one to go to Tribal Council. There are a couple of things that I think 
um, you know, are just, uh, you know, don't really need to be said um, because, you know, there's 38 seasons of the show. People have been talking about it forever. But of course, then we get a, a, a character like Reem come in and kind of throw some things to the wind. Um, I think obviously, number one, you just want to be a team player off the first couple of days. Like, especially in this situation where you've got two returnees who know what they're doing, you just want to say, you know, you're the grunt and they're the boss. And you go to them and say, what else should I be doing? How can I, how can I help? Blah, blah, blah. You kind of want to just kiss ass a little bit um, in that situation and, and just kind of just, you know, uh, be a team player, make sure you're helping out. Uh, don't be seen as a lazy person. Don't be seen as counterproductive. Don't get into any arguments in front of people, those kind of things, especially when it comes to building shelter, getting camp set up, etc. Um, I think something that, that people, uh, you know, that's been talked about, uh, you know, briefly, I think something that we're seeing now, especially in the, the anybody but me type of phase of the game, which is the, the first vote, the second vote of the season, and at the merge is to just keep your head down, don't cause any stirs, and something that I think is really essential, don't don't leave the majority. If you're going off to the well with one person, if you're going down to the beach with one person to take a walk, like that's fine. Those one-on-one conversations are incredibly important when it comes to building relationships, building alliances, feeling people out, but when it's Reem and Keith and Wendy who go down to the water to just swim, to help Keith learn how to swim, I mean, just that act in and of itself of being a minority group of people on a tribe, you know, that was the tipping point. That was what did them all in. And, you know, Keith, you know, recognizes that pretty immediately that he was on a sinking ship. Um, So honestly, the first three days, unless you're going off with, one person or, or or whatever it might be like you need to understand what the social politics are going around what the perceptions of different people are before you go off in a minority group because if you end up in the minority especially in a nine person tribe if you are on the in a group of four that's a 25% chance that you're going home uh it right off the bat it really just depends on who they want to target and if you bring something to the table like a physical uh, you know, physical prowess, if you're good in challenges, then fine, maybe that chance goes down. But honestly, in this situation, they split the vote between Reem and Wendy, you know, there's a 50% chance that, that one of them goes home. It really just depends on who they want to pick off. Of course, we see that, that Reem, that, you know, Tribal Council is just a foregone conclusion. They honestly could have voted just by, you know, speaking rather than going to the voting confessional. But I think what is absolutely essential in the first couple of days of being on Survivor is that you have to stay with the majority. It's, if you go off in a group of people who are uh, you know, seen as weak, seen as outsiders, seen as outcasts, uh, whatever it might be, that's it. You're, you're done. Like in this situation, it was 6-3, and then by the time Keith flipped, 7-2. It, it literally was just people trying to save their own ass. And... In a game where that is absolutely essential, you have to stay with the majority of people just on a day-to-day basis for daily activities. And that is a crazy thing to think, you know, especially when people are going off for confessionals, when people need to go do chores around the camp. And I don't even know what to call them. But, you know, some people just need, like, alone time. But you have to avoid that. 
it's become incredibly more apparent over the past couple of seasons where we've seen people get voted out right at the start of the season simply for being, you know, the one person or the couple of people who are, uh, who, who've, who've just physically not been present in a moment of strategic conversation go home that I think that needs to be absolutely day number one. I promise you, if you ever see me go on that show, I will not be away from a majority group for probably the first three to six days um, just to make sure that my ass is in with everybody. So hopefully people kind of see that trend going and, uh, and, and they can continue it. So, um, you know, those are, that's, that's my thoughts on the do's and don'ts of, uh, of going out on Survivor. But I did want to talk about the Reem, Keith, Wendy faction that I, that I mentioned. Um, Keith having the perception to, to jump ship, go with the information that he had, you know, that he knew about, uh, Reem throwing Kelly's name out and bringing it to that group of people and kind of getting in with their good graces so that he can be included. Uh, I thought that was really smart on his part because he was able to get away from the ticking time bomb that was Reem. Um, Wendy, on the other hand, wasn't able to do that. There is a certain sense of of loyalty that's that's valued in Survivor, but I mean, when when you're being told that seven people are are voting for for one person, like you you gotta kind of cut your losses. And I understand the the emotional element, the human element there, um, but uh, that's not gonna bode well for Wendy. Um, you know, moving moving forward and that leads to another question that comes from uh comes from nicole where uh you know nicole writes uh is the writing on the wall for wendy after this episode and i i i don't necessarily think so i think that wendy has a personality and is likable enough to where she can get back in the in the good graces of the majority alliance and i think that people are perceptive enough to understand that the the kelly lauren um dynamic and um, you know, could be, could be challenging and that Keith could potentially be a really big challenge liability. Um, you know, I think that it's definitely not a foregone conclusion for Wendy, but she absolutely has put herself in such a huge hole, just voting against the the majority alliance in the very first tribal council. That is not something you want to be a part of, um, because it puts you, puts you back so, um, you know, so far, but, um, really love Wendy. Uh, I heard Stephen Fishback talking on the know-it-alls about, um, you know, how, uh, how Tourette's is, uh, something that we really don't see portrayed in a positive light, um, you know, on popular culture. And Wendy talks about that, uh, you know, in her confessionals. And I think it's really, you know, really speaks to the, the greatness of the show and the greatness that the show brings of being able to, um, you know, bring people from all different aspects of life uh, together, and we really get an uh, an amazing cross section of human beings um, on this on this cast. So, um, really love Wendy as a character. I think that her personality comes across really well on TV. I was incredibly nervous for her that it might be you know her personality might be a little much for people. I still think it might be, but um, I think that she you know had a, a had a really good uh, vibe about her. And she's got a really good story so far, so I would love to see Wendy go a little bit further, um, you know, providing that she is able to dig herself out of the hole that she herself dug. Um, I guess moving on from the the Manu tribe as a whole, talking about that tribal council and Reem's downfall, that was just 
absolutely amazing. That tribal council was just unreal from start to finish. I did not expect Kelly Wentworth to get as hot as she did, uh, especially as a returning player. Like I get her back was against the wall. Her name was being thrown out, but for her to come out that firing against, against one person was really, really strange to me, especially for somebody who said that she wants to lay a little bit lower and, um, have a, you know, a low profile knowing that, you know, knowing her threat level. Um, I think it was a, a mistake for her because she knew that everybody was going one way. She definitely could have just held her tongue and not come off as, as that abrasive. Um, but the whole tribal council revolved around Reem. I, Jeff said it best. He, he doesn't think that we've seen a tribal council where the whole thing was about one person that much. Uh, you know, of course, we get a couple in David versus Goliath where a lot is about Natalie. But here, it's just Reem the whole time asking what she's done wrong. And it takes forever for people to just say you're moving my shit like don't do that you know your personality is a little bit abrasive like there's nothing you can do about that and it really just came down to an anybody but me type of situation like if you're trying to keep the tribe strong like keith is probably the best option to go home you know reem is a good person in challenges like she could easily be a good alliance partner for somebody else had they you know been able to reel her in um you know Another question coming in from, uh, from from the listeners is that uh, you know wanting wanting to see if if there was a way that Reem could have potentially dug herself out of that situation. I believe this one also came from Nicole. Um, seeing if there was any way that Reem could have saved herself after catching wind that her name was being mentioned, and I don't think so because her personality was just so. I mean, the way that that she went about trying to salvage herself was so wrong i mean you go immediately to rick and try throwing out names of not not lauren not somebody else on the on the tribe of kelly wentworth of all people like i get trying to go after the returning players but not when she's such an integral part of of that majority alliance right now if you're going to target anybody you should probably be targeting lauren um seeing that she is kind of that connection to kelly because It'll weaken Kelly. But, no, she was just so aggressive and so abrasive. And, honestly, I think just like I was talking about, being in the wrong place in the wrong time with the wrong people, that is what what did Reem in. Along with the moving of everybody's shit. Like, you can't do that. It's bad. Don't touch other people's stuff. It's like, I get pissed off when people move my stuff around in the work, like, refrigerator just leave my chicken where it is and everything's going to be fine it's like don't move it to the second shelf because then i won't find it and it's like 15 seconds that it could be in the microwave and i know this is a dumb example but that's what it is don't move my shirt out to the beach leave it on the damn tree because i'll know where to find it and that's what i want to do with my stuff so i don't think there was a way that reem could have saved herself uh, especially after the, the, you know, just being in the wrong place at the wrong time and the way that she reacted to it. But her downfall was just brilliant. Uh, it was it was amazing TV, and I feel really bad for her <laughs> because she, she literally couldn't do anything about it. And uh, like I said, they could have just verbally voted and the episode would have been over. But she does take the second chance. She does go to Extinction Island, 
or the edge of extinction. And we do see the very eerie, um, I heard it a couple of times uh, in, in some of the, the fan community and some of the uh, press podcasts uh, described as like Blair Witch-esque, which I thought was a, a very astute observation. Um, and yeah, it's the way that they presented Edge of Extinction, I was really, really happy with. I, I had no idea how that was going to come about. There's really no instruction she's just kind of there the sign just says welcome to edge of extinction you'll be living here uh it's just a stripped down boat there's no cover uh just her torch and the cameraman and that is terrifying so i'm really interested to see how reem takes it if she's able to last you know far into the game maybe she's not even able to get past three days if the weather's supposed to be bad um i can only imagine being out there for um, for three nights alone not knowing what's going on at all being alone for the majority of the time so um yeah i think that the way that they presented edge of extinction was really good um i like that they're kind of there's this mystique to the twist um there's this uh, this mystery behind what it's actually going to be um especially for like the casual fans who who aren't following all of these, you know, EW uh, articles and Inside Survivor breaking the twists months ago, uh, you know, n trying to figure out what Edge of Extinction is going to be. It leaves casual fans wanting more and, and wanting to understand a little bit of like a cliffhanger, uh, wanting to understand what's going to, to happen with this twist. So I thought it was really well done. Um, and I, I, I'm excited to see how Edge of Extinction plays out now, even though I was so down on uh, on the twist itself uh, at the start. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on on the premiere episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I do have a couple of other questions coming in from uh, from the listeners, from some friends of the podcast, uh, and wanted to to get to those uh, pretty quickly before uh, before we wrap up uh, on this podcast. So um, the uh, the first question that I have here is from a friend of mine. Um, Christian asks, why are they always in a tropical location? Why can't they do Survivor in Antarctica? And I think that uh, that's a really good question, probably because it's, um, probably because it's freezing. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I highly recommend going and looking up on YouTube, uh, Survivor Norway 12. There's actually a trailer for a season that the Norwegian version of Survivor did where they went into the tundra, into the freezing cold woods, and they had their own version of Survivor where instead of fighting sunburn, they were fighting frostbite, which to me looked terrible. I, I mean, how can you even have challenges where you don't even want to move? Uh, it, it just it didn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, everybody's all bundled up in their, it just looked ridiculous. So that's why they can't do it in Antarctica. Um, but I do think that they should move it away from Fiji, you know, every now and then since they've been in Fiji for, for quite some time. Um, it, that'll never happen because of, of, you know, the tax breaks that Survivor gets from being in Fiji, but, um, you know, would be interesting to see another place, especially, you know, if they go back to Borneo for season 40 or season 50, should we ever get to that that long, you know, kind of like a swan song. But um, yeah, that's why they can't do Survivor in Antarctica. Thank you, Christian. 
this comes in from another listener of the podcast, uh, Juan. Juan says that, uh, Juan is my roommate. He's downstairs and can probably hear me. Uh, Juan says, do you think that any of the returnees will make it to week 10 or are they immediately targeted? Um, I had to do a little bit of digging because I thought that week 10 was like right around the middle of the merge. I guess we're talking like viewing weeks. So this is probably, you know, day 27, 28 ish. I can't really remember what. Um, you know, what I'm, I'm looking at or what I was looking at in, in some of my research, but, um, you know, I, I think that this was the, the, a lot of the times week 10 is typically when we get a double episode, we'll get a double boot, um, uh, or something. I know that was the case last season and I believe it was the case t- uh, in ghost Island. So, um, if we're on that trend, I absolutely think that some of the returnees will make it to week 10 because that leaves us probably around final eight, final nine with an 18 person season. It might be closer to final eight, final seven, depending on how, uh, how the, the layout of the season goes. But um, I certainly do think that a couple of the returnees will be around if, if not all of them, if they're all on extinction Island at that point, uh, or if a couple of them are on extinction Island, a couple of them are in the game. Um, you know, I would love to see David Wright go far, I'd love to see all of them go far, to be honest. I think that anybody who says otherwise would be, um, you know, would be lying. I think that you can absolutely be of the opinion that it's unfair to put returnees in uh, a season with newbies. I think it takes away from some great characters that you can have in an all-newbie season, um, you know, because you have returnees that are taking up a little bit of the spotlight. But, um, you know, I I think that (laughs) it's the double-edged sword of I don't think it's fair that returnees are on this season with newbies but i want to see them do really well because i love them um and they're great they're great characters they're survivor legends um so i definitely think that some of them will make it um i really do think that at least one of them is going to go pre-merge um and i have a funny feeling that it would be uh, that it would be aubrey um so I guess we shall see, but yeah, I hope that that some of them make it uh, all the way to uh, all the way to, to week ten. Um, and then, lastly, we have some uh, we have two last questions. Uh, last one coming in from uh, Nicole. Uh, Nicole asks, uh, "Should Elena get us matching Team Joe shirts for our birthday?" Um, Elena is my lovely girlfriend, also uh, one of Nicole's best friends, and uh, I think that that is a horrible idea uh i i would not want a team joe shirt for my birthday that horrendous mustache on my chest is something that i would not want um in my future but i appreciate the gesture nicole i will uh i will tell her to get you that for your birthday and if she wants to match your shirt for your birthday then then so be it i i don't think she would this is, I'm directly calling, calling her out now. If you wear a Team Joe shirt, that would be hilarious. Good luck with that. And then lastly, we have a final voicemail uh, coming in from Colleen. Again, uh, coming up big with two voicemails this week for the podcast. Uh, if you are listening and you want to get your voicemail in, go to anchor.fm and uh, find my podcast on their survivor and other things there is a button that you can press to record your voicemail and i will include it in the podcast you will be 
feature just like Colleen has been. Um, if you have any questions um, like Nicole does or like Christian or Juan, you can submit that to me through Instagram. Uh, that's Mundog Millionaire on Instagram. I post uh, every day uh, that I'm going to be recording, typically Mondays, um, and you can submit your questions to me there or even um, beforehand, I'll keep track of them. But uh, like I said, final voicemail coming in from uh, from Colleen and uh, talking about some some famous Jeffisms. Hey, Jack, it's Colleen again. Um, I have another question for you, and I was wondering if while you're watching Survivor, you also recite the behind each of you is a torch, go ahead and grab a torch, dip it in and get fire routine that Jeff says every season. I just wanted to know if you uh, can recite it and if you will recite it for the podcast. Thank you. Well, I don't actually sit there in front of the TV and recite everything that Jeff says, but the the portion that you speak of uh you know of the the pre-tribal ritual that we get every season with every tribe um and that joey amazing gets at the merge because he never goes to tribal council um during the pre-merge portion of the game um you know that actually was the inspiration for uh my my blog i started out as a blogger um for survivor on my blog fire represents your life um, however, I moved to the podcast format because I love hearing myself talk because I'm a narcissist. So, um, you know, and, and I have horrible grammar. Ask Elena. So I don't sit there and, and, uh, and I guess, uh, you know, talk with Jeff as he's, uh, as he's reciting the lines, but I believe it goes something like, um, grab a torch, dip it into the flame, uh, get fire, fire represents, uh, or fire, oh my god, what is it? Um, in this game, fire represents your life. When your fire is gone, so are you. Everybody sits down, Jeff takes a big sigh in and goes, Reem, how was your first three days? And then she freaks out. So, um, yeah, that's where the inspiration for my first blog came from, and I guess we can say the inspiration for this podcast um, overall. So, um, that's what I've got for you guys for my premiere recap episode of Survivor Edge of Extinction season 38. Uh, let me know what you thought of the show. If you want to be more involved, uh, let me know and happy to, uh, to involve some, uh, some friends, whether it's through questions or voicemails or input for the show, uh, different segments, uh, happy to explore a lot of different areas, but thank you very much for listening all the way through. And I am looking forward to episode two this week. Thank you, everyone.